Hello and welcome to the Igniting Change podcast. I'm your host, Celia Hirsch. I'm a volunteer at Igniting Change. In this series, you will hear from individuals and organisations working to bridge the gap and amplify the voices of those doing it tough. Igniting Change is an intentionally tiny, not-for-profit organisation in Balaclava, Melbourne, Australia. We've been lucky enough to work with the most extraordinary people, and it's our great privilege to introduce them to you. Our guest today is Ellen Jacobson. She's the Social Impact Manager at Homey, a Melbourne-based social enterprise that uses 100% of its profits to provide clothing, training and job opportunities to young people affected by homelessness or hardship. Hi, Ellen. Hi. Ellen, if you could just give a quick overview of what Homey actually is, that'd be great. Absolutely. So we're a local streetwear label social enterprise. We've been around for about seven years now, and our mission is to support young people in our community affected by homelessness or hardship. We're really about providing life-changing opportunities for young people that are going to have long-term meaningful outcomes for them. How was the decision made to just not to start up a business but to start up a business that's going to help the homeless yeah so homie actually started as a facebook page um it was called homelessness of melbourne incorporated enterprises which is where we got our name homie from Uh and it was really about sharing the stories of people affected by homelessness because we didn't know much about homelessness when we started to be honest and once we started kind of speaking to people who were actually experiencing homelessness we really felt like the experiences that they had and the pathway to homelessness was completely different to what the stigma was Mm. and what our understanding of it was. Um, It really sparked something for us where we thought that maybe we can help the community to better understand what homelessness is. Mm. So no one in your leadership team had any experience with homelessness? No. So when we started um, 2015, we had a mix of experiences from a lot of retail experience, lots of creativity. I had studied a philosophy degree. Nick studied communications. We all had a real philanthropic mindset Um, and we'd all done a lot of volunteer work and had different experiences to give back to the community in different ways. And I think we were quite overwhelmed by the homelessness issue in Melbourne when we all kind of moved here or grew up here. Yeah, it became our real focus as we kind of learnt more about it. The Facebook page started as sharing the experiences of people who had been affected by homelessness to try and challenge the stereotypes and stigmas. So the people themselves would post their experiences? So we would do interviews with people Mm -hmm. and it was kind of like a... What's that called? Uh, New York. Oh, New York. People of New York. Humans humans of New York. York. That's right. It had a bit of a humans of New York vibe about it. From the Facebook page, we garnered a lot of support from young people, especially who are really interested in the issue. And we kind of thought, how can we mobilize these young people who are passionate about homelessness and want to support? And we came up with our... What were your own preconceptions about homelessness before you started? I grew up in a rural area in New South Wales and I mean I think the the misconceptions around homelessness was that it is majority like older people who Mm. are affected by homelessness Mm. because that's the visible aspect of homelessness isn't it? You know there's this stereotype of a man on the street and that's kind of 
really what my perception was. I didn't really understand youth homelessness because they're quite invisible. You know, the majority of young people affected by homelessness are couch surfing, in supported accommodation, in overcrowded dwellings and in, you know, in refuges. And so I just didn't understand how deep youth homelessness really went. And that's, yeah, it was a real eye-opener for me. What have you discovered about youth homelessness that you'd like to share? What we found, which we try to share as much as possible with our customers um, and with the public when we do our advocacy, is that the main cause of youth homelessness is family breakdown. And it's not drugs and alcohol and it's not something that that young person has done wrong. It's a set of circumstances that they've found themselves in, you know, as a 16, 17, 18-year-old who doesn't have family support and doesn't have a safe place to live. Mm. And so we think about a young person who, you know, maybe has finished year 12, maybe not gone to year 10 or year 11, whatever it might be, and they can't live at home because it's not safe. There's a huge crisis with housing affordability, even if that young person did have a job. They haven't had a job. Most work that young people have is casual. And it's just so difficult for someone in that position to support themselves financially and to, you know, have the life skills and experiences to be able to go and get a private rental and get a job and support themselves and what they need for their life. And so... A lot of young people finding themselves in that situation where they can't live at home, experiencing homelessness and then kind of going to, a, to an entry point into a refuge or getting supported with a, with a community service organisation who can set them up with some kind of supported accommodation if, if it works, yeah. has, the, has the best outcome really. How do the young people get themselves out of that cycle? Well, that's I guess what we're trying to support. We talk about support opportunity and empowerment so we're kind of filling a bit of a gap in this space where we provide really supported employment and education opportunities for young people you know a young person's housing can be addressed but they probably need a lot of support in their employment and education because of the experiences that they've had so we're really trying to provide opportunities for young people to become independent so their key support worker their caseworker has supported them with their housing and we're that next step Mm. in the journey to hey we're going to pay for your education we're going to support you in the classroom to get your study done because you might have a someone who's been disengaged from education or have, has a learning difficulty. We're going to place you in a retail store that's understanding of your background, that understands what you've been through and what challenges might come up. We're going to support you the whole way, get you experience, a wage and education so that once they've finished our eight-month program, they can go on to bigger and better things and get into the mainstream employment and break that cycle. Mm. So how many young people have been through the program? Yeah, off the top so of your head? we have 34 young people in our alumni who've graduated from our program. Mm. We started off in the homey store the first year we had three um, I was the store manager then, so I was kind of running the store, had it, had the interns and building the pilot of the program. And it was really collaborative. The young people who were in that first group contributed so much to the design of the program. Um, each year we've been able to increase our numbers. So at the moment we r- have roughly 12 a year. That's kind of our capacity at mm-hmm. the moment in terms yep. of the resourcing that we have. We're intentionally small in that way because we provide so much support. Mm. It's intense support over a long period of time over that eight months so that 
it can actually have a really positive impact on that young person's life, mm. you know. We're all about doing it well, quality over quantity for mm. sure. You were saying before that young people are very supportive and positive about the project. Older people though, what's their attitude towards youth homelessness, mm. what you're doing? I mean, it definitely varies and we definitely don't, you know, place blame on people for not understanding because that's the society that we live in. Mm-hmm. There is stigmas, there's a lack of education and understanding. So we've got a lot of young people in our community who support our brand, who are really kind of understanding what it means to have intergenerational trauma and to have had a difficult upbringing and that kind of set of circumstances that's very much out of your control. I think the old way of looking at homelessness is pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, just go and get a job. And I think young people understand that it's kind of not that easy, mm. especially in today's climate. We're just trying to change that perception through our advocacy. So there's a lot more support there for young people. Streetwear is a pretty full market. How does Homey break through and make a difference and what kind of support have you been able to get? You're so right in saying that there's a lot of streetwear labels. <laughs> Fashion's really saturated. What comes through from young customers is strong values in their purchasing and kind of the desire to for their purchases to make a difference and go towards something good. So we have, you know, ethical shoppers. I think that's kind of, you know, really part of our customer base is the ethical shoppers who just kind of have an understanding that, you know, there's all these big brands that potentially aren't doing much for the environment or don't have much social impact and we're really local and we started off small and I think people really like that 100% of our profits go towards our programs and when you come into the store you can feel it you can see that good work is being done there we have interns working in our store once a month we close the doors to the customers and invite young people affected by homelessness into our store to go shopping for free so you can kind of see the work being done in a way and I think our customers really appreciate that very transparent and yeah I think that's why we've been doing well because we really stick to our stick to our values and yeah. stick to our guns yeah. it must be especially satisfying to have you know that kind of impact on such a, a community that really needs it yeah I mean I feel so lucky to be able to do the work that I do I always talk to the young people in the programs that you know it's a privilege that you've let me into your life I don't take that lightly in any way that there's trust there um, that I've been welcomed into their life the best part about it for me is the relationships I've got long-standing relationships with a lot of our graduates and just being able to see where someone was at when I met them five years ago, you know, living in a in a youth homelessness foyer, had never had a job, struggling with mental health, AOD, whatever it might be, to still be able to know them five years later because of the relationship that we built and see that they're in independent housing, renting their own apartment and they've got a full-time job as a as a retail manager and they've got all these beautiful relationships in their life and they're happy and doing well, Mm. that is just magic for me. Yeah, things that they would never have imagined when they were doing it tough. Yeah. Speaking of doing it tough, it's not an easy thing to be dealing with all of this every day. How do you manage to keep replenishing your your own self? Yeah, good question. (laughs) Um, Always struggling to find the balance, I think. Mm. We've got a really supportive team. Our team at Homey, we back each other, we talk, we're open and we're flexible. Mm. So it's not 
you know, bums down in your seats at 9am and you can't leave until 5 and no matter what's going on, we need these outcomes um, in terms of a work in productivity sense. It's, it's what's happening for you. We're having a difficult week. Look after yourself. Mm. Do what you need to do. Mm. We've got, you know, we have a lot of support. We're very open about mental health in our workplace. We do supervision. We do support meetings. Um, I think really kind of having those supports in place means that we're able to do the best work that we can without burning out and for it, you know it being detrimental to us as practitioners. Mm. I'm interested in the corporate support that you've got. How did you go about getting someone like Bonds or Champion on board? So we have some amazing relationships and partnerships with big retail brands. Champion, our main partnership for the Pathway Alliance. We've done some amazing collabs with them. We also partner with Nike for the Pathway Alliance as well. And what's the Pathway Alliance? The Pathway Alliance is our employment program for young people. That's the official name. It's the official name. In terms of our retail partners, they contribute so much because we have a small store on Brunswick Street in Fitzroy and we have three young people placed in the homie store and the other nine young people a year are doing their placements in Champion and Nike. Oh, right. Okay. Right, yeah. yeah. So we provide training for our retail partners. We do an empathetic employer training. Um, so I run that. It's a eight-hour workshop, full day, and we try and download as much youth work theory and <laughs> tools to our retail partners as we can and we provide ongoing support throughout the internship as well. So... Our role at Homey with the Pathway Alliance is really to bring the young person's key support worker at home and their store manager, their work and education life together. Mm. So it's that wraparound support and we provide support to the young person, their store manager and the key support worker to really get the best outcomes for the young people. And Champion has been incredible working in collabs with our brand, like clothing collabs from a brand perspective, but then also really contributing to the impact as well. It's definitely not a surface level partnership. Um, We also have some philanthropic funding as well. So we access grants, but our focus is to really build up the homie brand so that we can be self-sustaining one day. Well, I think igniting change is, is one of those. Yes. What kind of impact has the Igniting Change support had? My favorite part of our relationship with Igniting Change was when we did a feel the issues meet the people session at homey igniting change brought all these incredible supporters together to just hear our story and visit our space and we had two beautiful young people who spoke on the panel so they were ones who'd gone through the pathway yes, some of our uh, alumni mm-hmm. two graduates and at the end of the of the session you know igniting change team you know what do you need and how can we support these two special people who've shared with us and one of those girls is um, was just about to have a baby Mm. and the igniting change team just rallied together got her a pram a voucher for baby bunting and just pulled all this support together really quickly in a really genuine way Mm. you know it's not just talk it's like what do you need? I'm going to do that for you. And I'll do in it. In the next 24 straight hours. Away. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's rare. Yeah, and absolutely. It, well, I can say for sure that Igniting Change is just as nourished by relationships with people like Homie as, as you are by Igniting Change. So it's a lovely symbiotic relationship. Yeah, it is. Lots of shared values and shared passion, I think. Ellen, it's been great chatting with you. Good luck to you and to Homie. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Igniting Change podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please rate or review. See you next time.